may not look like much. She's got it where it counts, kid. This is the Millennial Falcon. Oh my gosh. I'm tempted to just keep this in. This is it. Go ahead. No, just go ahead. This is it. No, just do it. This is the Millennial Falcon. Do it. And you just ruined the whole thing. (laughs) And and I'm Josh, by the way. Uh Oh, I'm I'm Disturber. Oh, sorry. I mean John. Wow. Are you sure you're not a Kowakian monkey lizard? Because uh, I've been feeling inspired by our our friend lately. (laughs) This is the Millennial Falcon. Quick little thing before we get started here. I found something amazing that has become kind of like, I, I want to make this into like a screensaver or something or put it into like one of those digital picture frames. And Is it just, a Star Wars comic book? No. Okay. I want to put it into a digital picture frame and just like sit it on my shelf and just let it play forever. It is. Some genius out there took all 12 Star Wars movies so the the nine of the Skywalker saga, Rogue One, Star Wars Story, Solo, a Star Wars Story, and the Clone Wars animated movie. So they took all 12 of the Star Wars movies and they put it all into one video with like a tile for each movie in like all 12 segments like in the one whole screen. movie is playing? The whole entire movie. Wow. So you get to watch all 12 movies at the exact same time, but... Not it's not just like he popped them all in and exported it. This insane madman of a person actually went to the trouble of mixing the audio in such a way that it's kind of watchable. I actually sat down and I probably watched like, I don't know, like 20 minutes of this. And I was like, this is surprisingly like, is it possible that you can play an audio clip? Well, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me. I'll, I'll put this in post, but I'll play this for John. Oh, that already bothers me a lot. No. Isn't this kind of like amazing, though? You know what this sounds like? This sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like sitting in, in 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 the church sanctuary before the service starts. Like it's the entire movie. Like all all twelve. But you wow. could kind of just like. You can kind of watch it. Oh my gosh, that guy was in Star Wars? There's 12 screens here. I don't know which guy he's talking Um, about. All the way to the left, second from the bottom. Well, he's gone now. He's not there, but it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, if if you want to check this out, just search all 12 Star Wars movies at the same time, 4K. It's by a channel called Star Wars IRL. This thing has almost 2 million views. And I love that this is a thing. I have already downloaded this, and I'm going to try to make it into a digital picture frame that just plays on loop on my shelf at all times because I love it so much. So at any given moment, you can say, oh, I'm watching all 12 Star Wars movies right now. Well, it's just like, you know, you just look over and like, oh, yeah, that was a good moment over there. Oh, that's happening at the same time as that one. Oh, that's interesting. And you'll appreciate this. When Obi-Wan in um, Revenge of the Sith. I have uh, the high ground? No. Well, actually, I didn't check that part. But when he says hello there to General Grievous, all the other movies sound fades down just so you can hear Obi-Wan say yes. hello there. <laughs> I love that so hello much. There. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Anyway, shall we get to the review? 
Let's do it. Hear you nothing that I say. You must review the Clone Wars on the Millennial Falcon. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Review. Or review not. There is no try. Here we go. Another Star Wars rewatch episode. We are doing the Mandalore arc for season two, episodes 12 through 14. I'm very excited to get into this. Dude, I'm so stoked to start talking about this. Tom. Take us away. Diplomacy or deception. The Council of Neutral Systems speaks for over 1,500 worlds who want to stay out of the war. But rumors have reached the Republic Senate, suggesting that the Council's new leader, Duchess Satine of Mandalore, is secretly building her own army to fight for the Separatist cause. Now, Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi has been sent to Mandalore to discover the truth behind these claims. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. So, I don't know if you caught that in Tom's little intro there. It said that Duchess is part of, like, this... I didn't quite, like, catch all, like, the specific phrasing, and I I meant to look all this up before we started recording, but it's okay. She's part of, like, an organization that speaks for 1,500 worlds. Did you catch that? I thought it was just 15. No, 1,500. Wow. So, 1,500 different worlds that Duchess and, like, a few other delegates kind of, like, represent, basically, in the Republic Senate and stuff as neutral. Wow. Like, that, that all 1,500-plus uh, planets that are trying to stay neutral and, like, out of the war and everything. And, like, Duchess is one of the speakers for these people. Wow. That's, that's, crazy. that's like, a huge weight, dude. <laughs> yeah. Does she that's ever insane. sleep? I don't know. But no, no wonder she didn't want to marry Obi-Wan. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> oh, spoilers. <laughs> Uh, I love this arc so much. I wish we I could it. rate this arc as one episode because I feel like I would rate it even higher. <laughs> Why can't we? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. I guess we, we can do whatever we want, but but it's okay. We can rate them individually. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Is it fine? Yeah. It's fine. So. I'm trying to remember what the concept of this episode is. Oh, so Duchess Satine, who is the Duchess of Mandalore, she is basically, there's rumors going around that she is going to fund a separatist army or something like that along those lines. And so Obi-Wan is sent on behalf of the Jedi Council to kind of just investigate and see what's up. I, I just, I love so much that we're getting a look at Mandalorian culture and stuff. Like this is far before the Mandalorian TV show and stuff that most people know the Mandalorians from. But this is like Mandalore. This is the the culture of Mandalore. This is a peaceful Mandalore, at least at this point in time and stuff. Like they even talk about how they don't have warriors and soldiers and stuff and how they're essentially pacifists and stuff. Like the Mandalorian people are supposed to be pacifists, Mm -hmm. which is fascinating to me, especially because, and they kind of hint at it here at one point, like Obi-Wan brings this up, about how the Mandalorians in the past, they were like the people that would attack Jedi. So -hmm. Mandalorians are like the most equipped people, like almost out there at all, uh, that are more equipped to handle Jedi than almost any other like race of people and stuff. Just with the, they, they literally designed weapons and tools to specifically combat Jedi. 
Um, and I know Cad Bane like stole some of those weapons and things like that at some point who we've already met. And uh, it, it's just so fascinating. I'm so fascinated by Mandalorian culture and we get a little taste of it in this. Yeah. I feel like I don't know much about Mandalore yet. Yeah. But I'm you, assuming I'm going to learn more. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, there's a whole show. This is not the only arc yeah. that covers Mandalore in okay, the Clone cool, Wars. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No, this is just one of them. So, as a newbie, mm-hmm. I honestly, and I don't know what happens in the future, so yeah. who knows, but, because characters tend to flip-flop a lot in the show. Mm-hmm. I initially was very hesitant on on Satine to trust her. Yeah. I was like, something, something's going on. But what was going on was a little... Uh, Romance, a little romance with my boy, <laughs> with my boy Obi Wan, dude. I so want to know the history and stuff between those two. I wish we I knew more. I want to know. I wish. I wish we knew more. Yeah. I actually, I, I meant to look up. I wonder if they made a comic or something know, that maybe. shows a little bit because that'd be really cool. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this with no apologies. Mm-hmm. I like Obi Wan and Satine together. Seventeen thousand three hundred eighty four times more than Anakin and Padme. Preach it, brother. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I love Anakin them. and Padme are kind of toxic. Yeah. Well, no. no. I'll take that back. Anakin is kind of toxic. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, Padme's man. just in over her head. Yeah. I love Satine and Obi. Yeah. Like it's it's so fun. I I love just the the constant like there's so uh, much emotion. Romantic tension and stuff between them the whole Yeah. Arc. Either they're either they're flirting with each other, they're angry at each other, yep. or they're just looking longingly into each other's eyes. Yes, yeah, I love it. They're either, I love it so they're much. either furious with each other, or just like mm-hmm. I just I just want to be with you, but I can't because I'm a Jedi. Right in the very beginning, I thought there was this really funny moment when Obi Wan first lands on the planet. He gets out of his ship and then jumps onto this little like hovercraft thing, and this craft just like takes off like super fast. And Obi-Wan doesn't even hang on to any of the railings because he's a boss. And I just thought, I was like, wow, you could have, like, fell off that thing, but you're just, like, a super, like, amazing Jedi dude, and you don't need to hang on to no railings. That's how cool, that's how cool, (laughs) that's how cool he is. Yep. Really cool reference here, too, when he does eventually, like, make his way into the courtroom and talks to the Duchess and stuff, or Satine, the Duchess Satine. He mentions Jango Fett. Did you catch yes. that? So that was from Attack of the Clones, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, because, okay, uh, first, for our first little bit, I was confused. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I thought we haven't met Jango yet. Nope, we have. And so I was like, wait, but that's in... So this is the same grievous error that we made last time. I thought for some reason... Hey, I didn't make any error. Not this time. Um, <laughs> That was a little... You know what I'm talking about. I thought that all happened, like meeting Django. I thought in my head, this is what I was going to like. No, that doesn't happen until Revenge of the Sith. But wait, clones, Attack of the Clones. Obviously, it was in Attack of the Clones. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm back mm-hmm. up to back, back, back up, up to speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Django Fett, he mentions how he's the only other Mandalorian that he's had encounters with and stuff. So are the clones all Mandalorian? Well, this is kind of up for debate. See, or are the clones just clones? The clones are clones of Jango Fett. Who is Mandalorian. Who is a Mandalorian. Okay. There, There is some debate on whether he's a true Mandalorian or not. Like, even the Prime Minister of Mandalore here says that he's not 
uh, Mandalorian. He's just some like I can't remember the words he uses, but basically some like reject or whatever. Like we don't. Oh, I thought they just ostracized him. Yeah, like, that, that's basically yeah. it. We ostracized him, but he is he is a Mandalorian. Like he he is. He used to lead Death Watch and stuff in like Legends and things like that, or not lead Death Watch. Sorry, he was one of the people that stopped Death Watch, the original Death Watch, and now Death Watch in this arc is like being revived. So, have we seen something with Death Watch before? No. Okay. No, this is just like lore. Okay. And everything. Question that has nothing to do with this though. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian from the show. I don't know yep. his name. Yep. Just the Mandalorian. Yep. Does he have a name even? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's his name? Is it important that I, I don't know? I am or? drawing a blank. Okay. I want to say it is Jin. Yes, that sounds right. He's not a clone, is he? No. Okay. No. Okay, because I don't know anything about the show. I have not seen it yet. I've been told I can't watch it yet. <laughs> so. Uh, Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Din Djarin. That's, that's the Mandalore's, uh, Mandalorian's name from the show. Okay. Because I was, I uh, for a long time I thought he was an actual clone. No, 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 no. Most Have of I mentioned the... that I'm a very, I'm very new to all of this? <laughs> uh, so basically, in this episode, Death Watch, who is basically like a rogue Mandalorian group that lives on the moon, kind of a thing of Mandalore, they are essentially like rising up again, and they're they're trying to basically overthrow Mandalore is kind of the essentially what's going on. And of course, Dooku is behind it. So Dooku Surprise, surprise. Yep. Dooku is working with uh what's his name? Vista. Governor Vizla? Vizla, pre Vizla. Dude, Vizla mm-hmm. is voice acted by John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. That was so exciting. I was like, that's so cool. That's so cool. He gets to voice a character. I actually didn't even clue into that until literally as you were saying it and I was looking at the IMBD (laughs) for it. Oh, I immediately caught the voice and I'm like, this is, this is, this is John Favreau. And I looked it up. I was so excited. That's fun. I didn't even catch that either. Sorry, I had to interrupt you because I was so excited. No, that's okay. Yeah, Pre Vizsla, John Favreau is working with Dooku to basically try to get the Republic to send clones to basically protect, quote unquote, Mandalore and Duchess. So, so Death Watch can come in and basically overthrow them, and then the Mandalorian people are like, yeah, Mandalorians and they, everything. They want to make Death Watch look not like a terrorist organization, but yeah. more like the underdog heroes. Exactly. Because Mandalore doesn't want their Republic there. Yeah. They want to remain neutral. Yes, exactly. So if Death Watch came in and basically took out all the clones that were around there, they would kind of look like heroes because they're taking mm-hmm. back Mandalore for Mandalore. So that's which, what they're trying to do. Which is another like slimy Palpatine Sidious moment of like, I'm going to use the Republic to like yeah. further the agenda of the Separatists. It's a really like deep level strategy yeah. too. Like I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. Every episode with Palpatine, I'm always just like, you sneaky slime ball. Oh yeah. There is such a dark moment in the beginning of this episode. Guy off the building. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, was, I have that in my notes. Like this, this is a lot for a kid's show. It is, dude. I was like, this probably takes the cake for the most like intense like story moment of the entire show so far. Like a guy committing suicide mm-hmm. and like you literally watch him jump off the building and hit the ground. Like that's rough. Yeah, for real. And stuff like, you know, they don't show any blood, 
but it was pretty intense. And what made me upset is that Obi-Wan could have easily caught him with the Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's another moment of Jedi's not using the Force when it would be useful for them to use the Force. I'm very happy you said that because that can segue right into what's next in my notes. Mm-hmm. When Obi-Wan is fighting those two um, Death Watch assassins, yeah, they take him so easily... He should not yeah. have had that hard a time with those two. If he can if he can survive Grievous and mm-hmm. a bunch of like commando droids, yeah. He should have been able to like just but also that brings to mind what you said about the Mandalorians yeah. fighting the Jedi. Yeah. So I was that's I what I was about to say. Yeah, okay. I didn't cl- I didn't key that in when I was saying mm-hmm. that, but that does make sense now. Yeah, Obi-Wan does hint at that that fact that Mandalorians have a history of fighting Jedi. And stuff in the beginning of this episode. And th- this is the whole thing. Mandalorians are really good at fighting Jedi and stuff. And mm. they obviously are because it shows. Because, yeah, they took them out pretty easily. And they were like a serious fight. Did and... you catch the double uppercut to the chin? Yeah. Like they were both like holding him by the shoulder and like, boom, yeah. uppercut. Yeah. At the same time. Like that would that would knock mm-hmm. you out cold. Yeah. I mean, and they're wearing Mandalorian armor. So it's like Beskar and stuff, right? So it's like seriously hard metal like it's late it's laser proof mm-hmm. and everything so you know it's it's pretty intense like they're they're a tough fight um okay. before this moment though if i can go back for one second right after the guy commits suicide there was a, a moment where obi-wan like they go down the stairs and they go to see him and everything and i i was so like this is this seems like really poorly written or this is out of character i don't know but obi-wan seems so nonchalant about the fact that this guy just committed suicide. He doesn't offer any condolences. He's kind of just like, well, you want me to stay with the body or whatever? Like, And he's just like, so like, this isn't even a big deal. This is just a Tuesday kind of a thing about this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, this is kind of an intense moment here. Show some remorse. I've noticed that with some of these episodes of like the writing, like this doesn't seem like something Obi-Wan would do. Or like with Anakin... Like, we talked about Cinnabon in a few episodes already of, like, this doesn't seem like what the characters would do. Yeah. This is not how they would respond. Yeah. So. It's, like, an unnatural way for even just, like, a regular person, let alone that character, yeah. would react. Like, you'd think anybody in that moment would have at least offered condolences <laughs> for the fact that yeah, for real. one of her people just, like, killed himself. But, anyway, moving on from that intense moment. I, I do have a moment uh, about the fight that you were talking about. Obi-Wan is punching their helmets with his bare fist. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> would not hurt them at all. Repeat. No, it wouldn't hurt them that much. Like, it might, like, you know, knock their helmet into their face a bit, but it would hurt him way more yeah. than it would be hurting them. Like, and he's pounding on it. Like, there's there's a couple different scenes throughout this episode where he's literally punching people's helmets. And sometimes it's effective and sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's not. But you would think he would even at least be like, oh, man, my hand, that hurt. But he's not mm-hmm. acting like it's hurting him at all. But he's literally just, like, ripping it into their helmets. He's too tough for pain. Yeah, he's got fists of steel himself. He uses the force to punch Ooh, through the fists. helmet. He's got force fists. Yes. Yeah. Force bones. <laughs> uh, what was the force bones thing again? <laughs> I can't remember now. 
Oh, we're talking about Yoda, I think. And how, yes, how all of a sudden in uh, he's Attack like an of the old clones. decrepit man, and then all of a sudden yes, he's like zipping all over the place. He activates force bones and can <laughs> jump all over the place. What a callback to like one of our original first episodes. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. If you remember that episode, shout out to you. Yeah, you're a real one. Uh, you know, everything that bothered me about this, I hate to just keep nitpicking, but um, Josh says I love this arc. Not to be nitpicky. No, I do love this arc, and like I have so many other things. I, yeah. I guess I should try to lean more towards the positive notes. But where where the heck is Duchess's security during this whole thing? Oh, where all very of a sudden true. she like she had security when they entered the the moon because they go to the moon to talk with the uh, what's what do you call him? It's Pre Vizsla, but he's he's basically like a governor or whatever of of that province, and. They go to talk to him. She has security there, but all of a sudden the security are nowhere to be seen when she just ditches and goes after and goes into danger. She doesn't even like, hey, security, come with me because I'm about to go fight a bunch of Mandalorians by myself. Like, I was like, um, they might have come in handy. Yeah, you should have took security with you. Yep. I I I know we've already mentioned it a couple times, but I just have a note. I love. Obi-Wan and Satine's relationship so Yes, much. 100%. <laughs> I just it, love it, it so much. They go into more detail in the other episodes. I haven't they said do. much about it yet, but it's... Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I love it. We get a really cool look at an amazing Mandalorian ship. I love Star Wars ships. I don't... I, I have never understood how you're supposed to pronounce this, but it's like the, the Comrook class fighter transporter, otherwise known as the Gauntlet Starfighter, but it's that starship where the wings on the side can like turn up or down based on if it's like landing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It looks super cool. They also have this in the Mandalorian TV show. Bo-Katan has this ship. So if you know, you know. Also, first appearance of the Darksaber in this episode. Yeah. Darksaber. That was really cool. Again. Yeah. And it was really interesting to hear him talk about how his ancestors stole the Darksaber from a Jedi temple. Oh, I didn't even really think I realized that. So I guess the Jedi don't care to take it back <laughs> at this point because the the Darksaber has been with Mandalore for so long now that it's kind of a thing. And even as time goes on and you learn more and more about Mandalorian culture, whoever wields the Darksaber is the leader of Mandalore. Hmm. That's cool. That becomes like a staple. So, yeah, just found that really interesting. I also like their jetpacks. Yes. That looks cool. I mean, it's classic like Boba Fett, Jango Fett, yeah. jetpack, Mandalorian. It's, it's because it's a Mandalorian jetpack. Yeah. I want a Mandalorian jetpack. You didn't get one for Christmas? Nope. Um, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Last comment about this episode for me. Death Watch leader Previsla. So he wants to fight with honor. He throws Obi-Wan's lightsaber back to him. And everything because they had captured him. I don't even know if we mentioned that Obi Wan got captured and stuff. But he he basically escapes, and so he's like, "Hey, let's fight. Here's your lightsaber back. I have my dark saber. Use your lightsaber. Let's fight with honor." Kind of a deal. Until he starts losing, and then he's like, "Okay, uh, shoot him <laughs> and stuff." He's like, once he starts to lose, it's like he gets his goons yeah. in there to make it not a fair fight anymore. It's a lot easier to fight with honor when you think you're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get to the ratings? Yeah. 
What you brought me today is worth... Approximately 3,720 to one! Come on, let's keep a little optimism. Ratings, story, artistry, entertainment value. Kicking it off with story, as always. I gave it an 8.1, dude. This Whoa. was great. This was a great story. 8.1? I'm going to give it a solid 8.1 as well. Yeah? I think it was worth an 8.1. It 8. was 1. so good. This was great. Like, I really feel like if something... I'm I'm trying to get more consistent with my rating strategies. And if I'm going to put something as an 8, it's got to stick with you a little bit. And I remember this episode, and it's so good, and just everything. Like, honestly, it's the, the Duchess, Satine, and Obi-Wan side of this that really yes. bumps it way oh, up. 100%. Oh, my goodness. They're, like, the acting's really good. The, the dialogue is so good. Just the, the tension, the, the way they animated everything. Everything is so, so, so well done. Story was fantastic. And and all the other aspects were really good, too. Like, everything with Previsla, getting to understand the Mandalorian culture, Death Watch starting to become a thing. You see the Mandalorians rise up and everything. It's just, there's so many really fascinating story mm -hmm. uh, elements to this. So, yeah, story is way up there. 8.1. Yeah. I think well-deserved 8.1. Absolutely. Artistry. What'd you give it? Oh, okay. So, artistry, the, like, the culture and the world of Mandalore. Mm-hmm was like so well done yeah they look like a very like noble very like i don't know what the word i'm looking for like they, they look like a like a well-to-do kind of culture yeah i know what you mean I, i'm not quite sure how to put Maybe that kind of bougie i don't know what i'm looking yeah for, but like fancy not fancy yeah. but snobby <laughs> i'm gonna say noble yeah like noble noble's good yeah noble, noble. Good. noble works um i love the world mm -hmm. i love like I think it was a really well done. I'm going to give it a 7.8. Hmm. I gave it a 7.3. Whoa. Wow. My rating is higher than yours for this one? Mm -hmm. That is a surprise. I thought the visuals, like as much as I really do appreciate the environment that they created here, I can't quite remember looking back why I rated it exactly 7.3. Now that I'm looking at it again, but... It does kind of feel like there There was just some moments in this. I think it was the acting, actually. There was just certain characters that could have been acted better. Actually, speaking of Jon Favreau, I, I thought he, his, he could have done a better job. <laughs> I think the guy that did Pre Vizsla, uh, there was just some, some ways he delivered some of the lines that was like, eh, it's not, I'm not quite buying it. I think what it was is he his vibe didn't match the rest of the of the actors. Yeah. I'm going to say that's because maybe John Favreau's more used to not voiceover acting. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, cuz John Favreau is a decent actor. He's not, uh, I mean, he's I wouldn't say he's like an incredible actor, but he's definitely not bad. Um, I think he's a good actor, great yeah. director. Oh, yes, very much great director. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There was just I think it was specifically his character now that I'm thinking about it was why I held back my artistry rating a little bit. Um, his you know his performance was a little bit lacking. You know what else I think it was? I think because his voice is so recognizable that his character didn't match his voice. Honestly, I didn't know it was him until today. So when before I gave my rating, I didn't even know. Mm. Yeah. I immediately recognized the voice. Entertainment value. Super entertaining. I'm going to go 
too, honestly. 8.4, dude. Yeah? This might be the most entertaining. I want to leave room for the other episodes. Yeah. The other one's really good, too. This might be my favorite of the arc. The next one's wow. really solid, too. But um, I'm kind of surprised, honestly. I just but we'll get I, there. We'll get there. I loved. I, I was just so entertained. I was so entertained. I love the culture, dude. I yeah. love the introduction of all the cultural aspects of this. And maybe I am like uh, I don't know what if bias is the right word, Nos- but I nostalgic? know what's coming. Nostalgic maybe is the word because I love Mandalore. I love Mandalorian culture. I love what the Clone Wars does with this and how they keep dropping it back in throughout the series. And it's just so cool. Yeah. And I want to stop gushing about it, but I gave it an 8.4. So, boom. My overall score for myself is an even 8. And I had a 7.9. So, we're at an 8 because 7.95. So, So the Millennial Falcon, the Mandalore plot was the name of this episode. Uh, Season 2, episode 12, 8.0. I think, honestly, fair. Very fair. Fair. Very fair. I very much enjoyed this arc. Could have been higher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the mic caught that, but the quacking monkey lizard says it could have been higher. Oh. Friend of the show, quacking monkey lizard. Great to have you here. Recurring guest. All right. Next episode, season two, episode 13, Voyage of Temptation. Tom. Okay, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I just realized how funny that title is for this episode. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I love that. Uh, temptation to fall in love. Okay, Tom, take us away. <laughs> With love. Oh, gosh. A royal welcome. Sent to investigate allegations that Mandalore was joining Count Dooku's separatist. Obi-Wan Kenobi was reunited with an old friend, the Duchess Satine of Kalbala. While Satine claimed Mandalore's intentions were to remain neutral during the war, an attack on the capital city led Obi-Wan to the discovery of a terrorist organization known as Death Watch. Now the Duchess travels to the Senate so she can plead her case against her involvement in the war as the Jedi prepare a defense against her opponents. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Are you okay over here? I'm great. <laughs> what happened? I'm just laughing at the title. I don't know why it's oh, so okay. funny. <laughs> <sighs> you go to bed. All right. Voyage of Temptation. Here we go. <laughs> right off the bat, we get Cody and Rex, man, in the same episode. Cody and Rex. Cody and Rex. Always the- love a good Cody and Rex in the episode. Some of the two greatest clones of all time. Some of the two greatest clones, eh? Yep, that's a sentence. Um... <laughs> yep but no genuinely cody and rex amazing no. especially rex i love rex so much cody is also probably like top five clones you guys better not be involved in order 66 i will kick your butts on frita the senator for the twi'leks he has an entourage like did you notice this like he has I like didn't even notice that he has like two uh twi'lek women that are just like on his shoulders the whole time and stuff just oh, like wow. wrapped around his arms I did not even I did not even notice that yeah I was like comment. um okay <laughs> that's a little weird it is weird dude <laughs> to bring your like like he he is women kind to of your a business meeting kind of di- I don't know yeah he is a bit of a slimo like he's the same senator guy that just wasn't uh, or no his people were starving yet he has seems to have like an unlimited amount of food 
and is like just he's super fat and everything. So I don't know. He he just seems to be like kind of a crooked senator. He seems to be a little more a little like self-absorbed, selfish. Like that's me, it. Me, like me. he's not evil. He's just very self-absorbed. Yeah. 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 For sure. Bit of a glutton. Yes. Bit of a sl- bit of a slimo. Whoa. Yeah, no, you use that kind of language on our podcast. The Star Wars curse words here. Yeah. Um, Tal Merrick, the uh, hooded senator guy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who voices him? Greg Proops. It's the same guy who voices the two-headed alien announcer guy from the pod racing in Phantom Menace. Oh no way! Greg Proops. He's or props. However, you're supposed to say it. He played in Whose Line Is It Anyway? He was one of like the reoccurring guys on whose line it is is it anyway? Wait a minute, I gotta look up who this is. Greg Proops or Props? I think you pronounce it Props, but it's spelt Proops. Oh well, if if you say it the same as you would the guy from Survivor, it's Props. P R O O P S. P R O O P S. Proops. Yeah. No way. That's him? Yeah, that's Tal Merrick. Oh, this guy's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a really what? funny guy. I mean, the character is not funny in, in this episode, but the actor. No, he's a slime ball. He's yeah. Slimo. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are we watching a rom-com with how Anakin, not Anakin, how Obi-Wan and Satine are just like, so mad at each other that you know there's just mm-hmm. so much tension between them. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan. Of like unresolved, yeah. unrequited love. Not unrequited, but like unresolved like. Yeah. Forbidden they, love. They love. Yeah, yeah. It's forbidden love. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like it's so funny because Obi-Wan is all like butthurt about Satine and like her position with everything becoming a pacifist to her own detriment and everything. And they're like arguing in front of everybody. And you can just look at Anakin's face and stuff and i love it because yeah. he's loving it he is loving every moment of this about him like having this like romantic tension with yes. Satine, and he keeps like teasing him about it throughout uh-huh. the episode very subtly but i love Until it, it becomes so a little much. less subtle yes <laughs> um i just wonder in the back of his mind he's like please please get with Satine so that mm-hmm. i can come out about me and padme yeah yeah <laughs> It's just so funny. Like, there's a moment where they're, like, in an elevator or whatever, and, like, he... I can't remember the exact context of it, but he was essentially talking about how him and her were, like, in this situation, and he had to, like, carry her away, mm-hmm. and and Anakin's, like, sounds romantic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everything. Um, so, that was fun. There's just a lot of little moments like that. Yeah. That was really funny. So, let's talk about the context of this episode. The assassin droid, dude. That thing was so cool. The creepy spider thing. Yeah. That cre- was creepy. And yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool droid. Like, so basically one of the senators, uh, spoiler alert, Tal Merrick, Tal Merrick hid away this assassin droid essentially on the ship that they're all in. A and, couple of them, right? Yeah. Three yep. of them, I think, actually. And uh, basically they, they break out. All the clones are searching all over the place trying to figure out what's amiss because they see the empty box and everything. And it, there was one of the creepiest scenes. Yeah, of like you walk up to this, uh, walk up to this clone. And he just like 
dangling mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That was so creepy. Yeah, it, I thought that was like it. It kind of had like monster movie yeah. vibes. Yeah, yeah, and stuff, or like even like alien kind of vibes a little bit, because it's like there's this like mysterious creature hidden in the rafters and like snatching people up and like killing the clones and stuff pretty violently. Like it seems, it like it, it seems like like terrifying like the way that the clones are getting like taken mm-hmm. and like stabbed and everything and yeah the friggin assassin droid is puppeteering one of the dead bodies <laughs> like to be like hey red eye or whatever his name was and stuff like anakin's walking up to him it's like hey red eye there you are where you been kind of a deal and as they get closer you realize something's amiss and then boom there's the assassin droid trying to assassinate yeah <laughs> so it was really cool yeah and then for a while you can hear every time Anakin says something he's just really upset about it. Yeah. The um the little droids that come out of it yeah. remind me remind me of have you seen the movie Meet the Robinsons? Yes. The bowler hat robot thingy? That's oh, what that reminds yeah. me of. Yeah, they're like little tiny baby assassin droids that, yep. that come out of the droid's head. Which was kind of that's like a super cool design. Like for the droid yeah. to just have all these little holes in his head that other droids yeah. come out of to assassinate if like finish the job if he can't do it. And poor one clone that has a bunch of these assassin droids like crawl up him and like go up his helmet and everything and kill him. Like that was brutal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> also, we didn't mention this, but I, I always love when R2 makes a oh yeah, R2 makes an this. appearance. And he actually did a great job. Yeah. Like he taken out, like he was just zapping the crap out of all the little baby droids. That was so funny. It just felt like I just looked at me like a vacuum cleaner just yeah. going after these little bugs. <laughs> yeah. With lightning. It was so cool to see like uh, there, there's a pretty extended scene that they keep cutting back and forth in between where Anakin and all of the clones are basically hunting down these assassin droids and try to take them out. Well, at one point. One of the assassin droids is about to get away, and Anakin does the saber throw. And it was so cool. He throws his saber, chops off all the legs of the the assassin droid, and it falls down and everything. And I was like, yes! Yeah, I was, I, I was like, sweet. You never get to see them do the saber throw, but it's like a really common move in Star Wars video games that you don't see too, too often. And anytime someone does a saber throw, it just warms the cackles of my heart. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> That's nasty. So at one point, basically one of the assassin droids gets all the way up to where all the senators are and everything. And, you know, they they eventually take it out and stuff and they're zapping everything. But there's this cool little moment where Satine and Obi-Wan are like back to back going around in the room and taking out all the little baby assassin droids mm-hmm. and everything. And they're like, she's like, I thought you were a pacifist. Like, how long have you had a droid uh, deactivator on you? And everything, and now I just kind of loved it that yeah. she still has some defense stuff mm-hmm. on her. She's like, I'm willing to defend myself, kind of a thing. Satine's so like, I may be a pacifist, but don't test me. Yeah, and shortly after this, there still is, uh, or there's still a traitor basically mm-hmm. loose. They're trying to figure out what's going on, and Anakin has this great line um, that he says to Obi Wan. He's like, I'll take care of this. You go find your girlfriend. Yes. No, I love that line. It was really funny. Because right after that, you just, Obi-Wan just is like so annoyed with yes. him. It's so funny. Because he's to like, me. okay, yeah. Oh, wait, no, she's not my girlfriend and everything. It's just, it's classic. It kind of reminded me of how you were like, when you were like 11, 12 years old. Oh, yeah. You just tease your friends about like yeah. girls. So my girlfriend. 
no, guys, I don't even like her like that. Yeah. She's just my friend. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Talmeric ends up being, they expose him. Uh, it was actually kind of cool how they exposed him as being the, that was the traitor. Really, that was really smart from Obi-Wan. Yeah. To hold the little mini droid mm-hmm. and whoever it doesn't attack. Yeah. Yeah, that was Yeah, because cool. obviously the senator yeah. that put it there, Talmeric, is not going to get the assassin droids to kill him. Yeah. So whoever the droid is least aggressive to has got to be the traitor. I thought it was going to be the Twi'lek senator because he seems so nervous the entire yeah, time. And, yeah. And he's a bit of a slimo, as you mm-hmm. say it. So. Mm-hmm. Poor Satine, though. She's had two trusted like people in her life tr- uh, betray her and stuff like kind of sad like because previsla was a known and respected governor for that one planet then he ends up betraying her and becoming the leader of the death watch and now one of the senators that she's been working with already in the last episode briefly turns out to be a separatist traitor as well yeah oh i found what i was looking for earlier and it fits more within this episode anyway but the ship that they're on the coronet is a really cool looking ship to me is that that big red one? The one that they're on with yeah. like, it looks like it. It looks like a little ice cream cone. Yeah, yeah, it's like really tall. Yeah. It is a really cool looking ship. It must be. It must be massive. Oh, it is. It's, yeah, it looks huge. Yeah. So right at the end of this episode, where eventually they get to the point where they corner Talmeric, Anakin, or sorry, not Anakin, Obi Wan and Satine are basically cornering the dude. And they're at this moment where Satine is a pacifist, but she's got a gun on him. And it's like he's te- he's yeah. basically doing a classic little villain speech of being mm-hmm. like, OK, so are you going to break your vow as a pacifist and kill me to stop me from blowing up this ship? Or Obi-Wan, are you going to betray your lover by killing me? Because, you know, that's not what she wants yeah. to it's happen. It's a great standoff. Yeah. And then I love what happens. <laughs> I love it. That was, it, it caught me off guard, <laughs> it but it was so funny. But and I was like, obviously. Yeah, like, it was obviously, fantastic. <laughs> what happens? Anakin. Anakin. <laughs> Anakin. It's just, just it, all you see is a lightsaber all of a sudden just go through his chest. Yeah. And, and you're like, and Anakin is just there with a literal smile being like oh i'll happily be the one to kill you (laughs) he's like this this hot this just so happens to be my specialty yeah and he's like what he's gonna blow up the ship and i'm like yeah (laughs) i mean honestly fair yeah i mean fair but it's just so funny how happy anakin was because he's literally in like right before he gets killed he's like who's gonna take the blow or whatever it is who's gonna kill me essentially and then Anakin's like oh i'll kill you i'm happy to do it dibs (laughs) yeah dibs yeah um, I really appreciate that Satine is like very like firm on what she believes to be right. Yes, yes. I think it's really cool. Like even like you can tell she really cares for Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. But even then, she's like, no, I gotta stick with my morals. Yeah, I have to do what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And, I really like that about her. And right before the, I'm just remembering this. Like Talmeric kidnaps Satine essentially, like as a hostage. And stuff right before she escapes and points a gun at him. And uh, Satine says to Obi-Wan, Edmund was like, I just in case uh, I need you to know that I've always loved you kind of a thing. Like it's one of those mm. classic moments of like she's saying this to throw off Talmeric, 
like, does she actually mean it kind of a thing? But you know she does. And then yeah. Obi-Wan's like, if you would have said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. And I was just like, that one wrecked uh, me a little bit because that would have yeah. been really sad. Yeah. I would have loved for Obi-Wan to just have a happy little life. I know. It's like, it's okay, just leave, just leave the Jedi Order. Be with Satine. Yeah. Let your forbidden love be um, a thing. <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite line of this entire episode yeah. is at the end of the episode when like, they're on Coruscant, mm-hmm. and I forget exactly how it goes, but Satine says something about, I'm still not quite sure about the beard, because it hides your handsome face. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. What a, <laughs> that was what good. a great A flirt right there. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. And then Anakin walks up and is like, what was that about? And everything. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man. Your heart is palpitating right now. Yeah. Anakin is a <laughs> really bad wingman. He's <laughs> an awful wingman. Well, he's like it, he's teasing Obi Wan. Obi Wan's the one that's like, I can't do this. This is forbidden. This is yeah. not Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments and all this stuff. And and then Anakin's over here like, yeah, I'm already married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, we get the battle droids in this episode again. Which battle droids? The oh, super battle droids. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they do those uh, really cool. Um, ships that basically pierce the armor yeah. mm-hmm. of the ship and like open up and the droids pop out yeah super cool the excavator kind of things yeah i'm gonna say this because i say it often but why are we even bothering with regular droids when these other droids <laughs> are so much more effective like just hire john for separatist treasurer uh, droid decider yes person separatist treasurer mm-hmm. that's they need me you but know, I don't want to be a separatist, so uh, you can take this job and mm-hmm. take it away from me. I don't want it. On the note of the <laughs> super droids, I do appreciate it when you have a moment where the actual local like security, like the guards and everything, can actually hold their own against yep. the droids. I really appreciate that because oftentimes you'll see like the droids will come and the Jedi can handle it and the clones might be okay at handling it. But whoever the locals are, they suck at like yep. dealing with the the threat. But in this case, I loved that the Mandalorian guards actually could whip butt. Yeah, and they that was great. they totally were able to hold their own and take mm-hmm. out the droids. So that was really cool. Yeah. And those are my notes. That's all I got. Should we get to the ratings? Let's do some ratings. What you brought me today is worth... Approximately 3,720 to one. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. Here we go. Story. This story was so good. So I wanted to... I didn't want to hype up the last episode too much Mm -hmm. because this one was my favorite one. Yeah. So I'm going to... I think this might be the highest I've rated something for story. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this an 8.5. Wow. I that is really, really high for story. Uh, mm, you're, making, you're making me second guess myself. I gave it 8.3. Yeah. So this is pretty high for me too. Like it was really good. Like it was really, really solid. Like I'm again, sticking to my guns. I'm going 8.5. Just, just be you, dude. Like the, the honestly, every aspect of the story in this was just great. Like it, they had a cla- they had some classic story elements in here, but they just had laced with this romance kind of a deal, like the romantic tension again from Obi Wan and Satine, just added so much 
to this and adding the whole fact that there's another traitor in the midst and stuff like in just the emotional turmoil that that would be putting Satine through and there's just so many layers to the story Mm -hmm. in this and they did such a great job at not making you feel like there was any one element of the story that wasn't uh, highlighted enough like they did a perfect job it was a great balancing it yeah it it was so well done 8.3 yeah well deserved well deserved 8.3 um artistry I bumped it up a little bit for this one because I thought the performances were very good in this one. The acting from Satine and Obi-Wan, I should probably name the voice actors that did them. Of course, James Arnold Taylor does Obi-Wan. But Satine is Anna Graves. No idea who that is. She doesn't even have a picture on her IMDb. <laughs> but she does the voice. She and did very good. They did very good. Mm-hmm. Like they sold it in, in this episode uh, for me. So 7.6. Yeah. Yeah, for artistry. Yeah, that's fair. Seven point six, I would say. It'll be. I, I would say the same. Same. Yeah. Nice. Entertainment value. I was very, very entertained. Oh yeah, I was very entertained. Me too. You know what? Making history. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight point six. Wow. I think that's my highest. That's extremely one. entertaining. <laughs> I was quite entertained. Like I was. I was laughing at Obi-Wan and Satine's, yep. like, awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And Anakin just, like, slicing the guy with a big smile, like, yeah, I solved everybody's problem. Like, I was very entertained. It, it seriously had everything. Yeah. Like, it had great action. Like, the threat of the assassin droids was real. You could feel it. It felt visceral and everything. Like, the, it had so much amazing entertaining, entertaining values to it. 8.5 for me. Love this episode. This is a great arc. Like, this is an arc that I feel like any Star Wars fan could just, like, sit down and watch. Because you don't really need to know anything before this. It's it's a really isolated arc as well, which I really appreciate. But you could watch these three episodes and just have a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This could have been a Star Wars movie. Like, these three episodes could have been a movie. Yeah, they should have made a whole show called The Mandalorian. Yeah. And just, like, expanded on Dude, more of the you culture. you know what happened? <laughs> There should be a Mandalorian bounty hunter who finds yeah. a little baby Yoda. I'm That's gonna, a great idea. I'm going to write that show. Disney should hire you. Yeah. Okay. So that gave my average score an 8.1. My average is an 8.2. There we go. So 8.2 average Millennial Falcon score. You heard it here first. Boom. Voyage of Temptation 8.2 for the Millennial Falcon review score. Moving on to the last episode of this wonderful trilogy. Duchess of Mandalore. Duchess of Mandalore, season two, episode 14. Tom, take us away. A diplomatic mission. As descent threatens to tear apart the peaceful Mandalore system, Duchess Satine struggles to protect her people against the escalating violence. Betrayed by two of her trusted allies, Satine now travels to Coruscant, There, she hopes to convince the Senate that a destructive splinter group, Death Watch, does not represent the entire Mandalorian government. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. So this episode gets a little bit more political, which I do appreciate. I do enjoy politics in Star Wars. I think this this arc, the second episode is my favorite, Mm -hmm. then this one, and then the first one. Oh, really? I think so. I, I think I 
I technically I did rate the second one higher. I do I did I probably did enjoy the second one the most, but then it's the first one and now and then this one. Yeah. Uh, I didn't enjoy this one quite as much, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah. Basically Obi-Wan, Satine, and and all the people are on Coruscant and they're trying to stop the Republic from right. trying to occupy Mandalore yeah. with um troop with clone Yeah, with clone troops and everything. Um because if if Death Watch tries to overtake, they don't have the strength to overtake the government. Mm-hmm. But if there's a clone if there's a Republic occupation, the people will start seeing Death Watch as like liberators and heroes instead of as a terrorist organization. That's the underlining plot. Yeah. yeah. So Satine has to try to convince them mm-hmm. not to send in clones. Yeah. Yeah. Satine's trying to keep their planet neutral. They don't want the Republic getting involved and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. That That's essentially the main plot. There's a, mm-hmm. there's actually, I don't have a ton of notes on this episode. It's a pretty straightforward episode. But it is good. Um, I do really like the um, the little tagline right in the beginning. In war, truth is the first casualty. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, wow. That is good. I yeah. missed that. Hmm. Um, I did appreciate the, like, again, Star Wars politics stuff. But it was really interesting how the Republic is essentially trying to force themselves on a neutral planet. Yeah. Which I find, like, what the heck are you doing? Like, this is yeah. a neutral planet. They want to be neutral. They're part of this whole, like, 1,500 planets or whatever that are trying to stay out of this war. And then you're going to force your troops onto this planet just because this Death Watch organization is becoming threatening. Which, like, I get it. Death Watch is a threat, and they are worried about them becoming a threat outside of Mandalore because they do kind of show up later in this episode on Coruscant trying to kill Satine. Mm-hmm. Like, there is this assassination assassination attempt on Satine. Um, but it's it's just, like, kind of crazy to me yeah. that they would be able to even do this at all. Well, there is also the element of, like, Palpatine's, like, double, well, like, betrayal. yes, yes. So, it's just from, like, a, a literal political standpoint. It it's a really interesting. Me. It's really interesting, though, to think of, like, is the Republic really always as good as they think they are? No. Or do they are like are they blind to their own mm-hmm. to their own shortcomings? Yeah. I always find that very interesting. I I, I find Star Wars politics fascinating, yeah. honestly. Speaking of assassination attempts, basically someone sabotages Satine's vehicle and her driver is like a friggin' hero. Like, Erebus, I think is what his name was. He basically sacrifices himself to save the Duchess. Like, he he tries to steer... Their navigation system goes out, and he can't steer the vehicle very well. And he basically tries to get the vehicle close to an edge for Duchess Mm -hmm. and her guards to jump off onto the top of the building. And he basically has to keep the ship stable enough for her to be able to make the jump. But then he crashes into the side of a building and dies. And I was like, man... I kind of felt that one, even yeah. though we've never met this character before. It was just like the whole like sacrificing yourself for your queen kind mm-hmm. of deal, even though she's not like a queen. She's a duchess. But still, same concept. Kind of um, like a sacrifice for the greater good. Type yeah, of absolutely. It was it was really noble. This one also highlights like where the other one highlights that they still kind of have some underlying love for each other. Yeah. This one kind of also highlights between Anakin, not Anakin. I keep saying Anakin. Obi-Wan and Satine, how they like. They're kind of like 
like in the in the in the second episode, they were kind of butting heads a little more. Yeah. In this one, they're a little nicer to each other, but little they're bit. still they're still like I believe this, you believe that. Like yeah, they they don't have share the yeah. same views. Which again is like why I appreciate Satine because she knows what she believes and she's not willing to give up her yeah her her pacifistic pacifistic <laughs> pacifism i i said the right word oh, okay i think i said the right word i don't her know pacifistic beliefs okay pacifism i don't know whatever words she no like fight good <laughs> there's something that keeps happening through this whole arc though that has been bothering me a little bit and i don't know if you picked up on it obi-wan keeps grabbing her arm and pulling her back and it keeps annoying me <laughs> it's like dude stop grabbing her arm <laughs> it's like he, every time she goes to walk wants, away he just, just goes up be grabs her. her arm and pulls her back and i'm like oh my goodness you could like it's such a like a uh i don't know if misogynist is the right way to say that but a, a very like i'm the man and i'm yeah. taking advantage kind of a deal because i'm a man kind of a thing I didn't really see it like that. I think it was just he really likes her and he cares. Yeah. Like, it's not well, like well, a, that is it wasn't, what's happening. Yeah. It wasn't like a grab and like pull you. No. It, it was more like just, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm probably, I'm exaggerating it. It wasn't like super aggressive or anything. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I just, it bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me. I was like, I, I feel like you wouldn't do that in today's culture. Yeah. Well, it's just because um, you're scared of girls. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrified. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I actually, <laughs> I felt bad about that one. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I don't think it's true. No, it's not true, but that's okay. So there's a point where Satine is basically wandering around trying to avoid the police because she does this drop trade kind of a thing with mm-hmm. uh, another Mandalorian that gets into the archives, finds this recording that was faked from one of her yeah. delegates. Deep fake. Yeah, they basically like edited footage of one of her delegates saying that Satine should be kind of like overthrown essentially is what's going on. They're like, she's no good. The recording makes it sound like he's in favor of a republic occupation of Mandalore. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. That's exactly what happens. And it's not true. It was a fake recording. They edited it or whatever. And she finds a guy. uh, He gives her the proper recording. And then he gets sniped by one of Death Watch and frames, like not even intentionally, but yeah. she gets framed for that murder. And so now she's like yeah. trying to hide out. Because she has her, what's her blaster or whatever it's called in her hand. Yeah, They're she like, has her. She did it. Yeah, she has her droid zapper or yeah. whatever, which I have no idea why she even had that out. But yeah, yeah, she gets, she gets framed for it. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing a bright red cloak. Running around the slums. Not suspicious at all. Not suspicious, not yeah. obvious, and nobody can find her as she walks around Weird. and just sits in public in this bright red cloak. Yep. <laughs> I found that just kind of funny. Also, when Obi-Wan comes, when she, when she meets with Obi-Wan and he mm-hmm. grabs the recording, yeah, I'm just thinking like, wow, two hooded figures sitting suspiciously close to each other yeah. with their mouths moving, but they're not looking at each other. <laughs> No, this doesn't at all look yeah. suspicious while, there's, very, that's a very while there's Star Wars police everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, very tropey. Yeah. Also, she's running away from the police, like, when they first, like, hey, stop and everything. And she's getting shot at by the Death Watch sniper still. There's black laser blasts, like, around her. The police are seeing this, and they're not, like, making any big deal of it. 
It's like, shouldn't they go and try to figure out who's yeah. shooting? They're just trying to get Satine and not worried about the person that's shooting Satine. I feel like that's a little drawback. Yeah. yeah. Oversight. A little, yeah, oversight is. Wow, words are hard today. I literally have no other comments about this episode. Yeah, me neither, really. It was very straightforward. Um, so, in the end, Sabine's name is cleared. Mm-hmm. Satine. Uh, I keep saying Sabine. Again, there was just a really, like, I... Palpatine is so, like, malicious. Oh, yeah. Because he's like, oh, yay, things worked out. But meanwhile, I wonder if he's like, oh, this makes me angry. I lost my chance to mm-hmm. overtake things. Yeah. Well, even at the very end, Pre Vizsla is talking with Dooku and is like, hey, are the, the plan's ruined or whatever. Like, this is stupid. We're going to go do we want things done our way or i can't even remember mm-hmm. exactly how the conversation went and Duke he's gonna was try like, to take over mandalore anyway oh yeah that was it yeah he's like whether or not the republic forces are there or not we can do this still mm-hmm. we'll still jump in and take over and dooku's like um we have other ways of getting what we want yeah. and stuff like i don't actually need you kind of a deal mm-hmm. i redact my previous statement i think my favorite list would go two one and then three that's my list. Yep. Let's get to the ratings. What you brought me today is worth... Approximately 3,720 to one. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. I always say things very confidently until I realize the truth. <laughs> story, artistry, entertainment value. Here we go, a story. I give it a 7.8. Yeah, I was going to say 7.9. That's about accurate. It's still really good. It like, is. It, it really is. I think I think the issue is the other the second episode was so good mm-hmm. that if you aren't going to top this one, it'll seem like a letdown even if it's yeah. really not. Like this one seems to be like it was as good as the standard has been mm-hmm. for good episodes of The Clone Wars for me. Like it was very one note this episode like it was a very clear straightforward plot wasn't too many layers going on but what they did do was executed very very well um there was some decent dialogue in it still so i mean it's still in the top of the goods for me it wasn't great but it was very good 7.8 7.9 for me i would agree artistry uh i gave it 7.6 kind of a little little bit oh yeah yep a little bit average still very good just kind of standard good for Clone Wars, really. Really not too much to say, but there's nothing that really stood out. It was just, you know, the continued standard of excellence we come to expect from the Clone Wars for artistry. I do have one other thing I want to say real quick, actually. Mm. This episode doesn't do something that I think other arcs have done that's kind of bothered me. Of like in between the second, the first and second episode. There's a lot that happens. You kind of get, just get dropped off in the middle of a thing in the second episode. This one was very, like, it flowed very, oh, yeah. very well. Definitely. there. Yeah, it was beat by beat. Like, it, there was nothing in between that we missed. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it just really picks up where they left off in the last episode, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, now that we have that out the way. Entertainment value? 7.7 for me. Oh, 7.9. 7.9? I was still quite entertained yeah. by this one. 7.7 for all the reasons we already said. Yeah, it was good. Uh, of course, anytime Palpatine gets in there, like you were already mentioning before, but like anytime Palpatine comes in and you just really start to see his plots either like get exposed or like crumble before him and stuff or or just like the the deviousness of his plans start to come to fruition, 
that stuff is just super entertaining for yeah. me. I, I love it when that kind of thing happens. And we get some of that in this one. So yeah. 7.7, t- very decently entertaining. My overall was a 7.8. Mine was a 7.7. Yeah. So 7.8. We've been one off of each other every episode of this arc. We have. <laughs> yeah. So 7.8. And I've always been one higher than you. Everyone. Yep. yep. You win every episode. <laughs> nice. Duchess so, of Mandalore, Season 2, Episode 14, The Millennial Falcon, Review Score, 7.8. So all I have to do to win this podcast is rate higher than you? Yep. That's how Done. you win. Everything is 9. Yep. Everything 9.9 for everything. Uh, all right. I just, I this just is the win. last episode of The Millennial Falcon. Yeah, bye forever. <laughs> I've, I've, I ruined the show. Uh, well, that was a great arc. Yeah. Uh, this was a little bit of a longer episode. So apologize for that. But... We just had so many good things to yeah. say about this arc. Honestly, it makes up one for of the, my favorites. It makes up for the previous episode being so short. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Join us next time as we discuss season two, episodes twenty to twenty-two. So we have a little bit of a gap there. We already watched the Zilla Beast arc, mm-hmm. which would have normally come in between this, and also Cat and Mouse, which is episode oh, yeah. 15. 16. <laughs> That's the very first episode. Yeah. that we watched with even. Trench. Yeah. Yeah. Admiral Trench. I forgot about that. But this next one is a three-parter. Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. This is the Boba Fett arc, which I'm very excited for. I love getting to know Boba as a kid, and it is really fun to see. So we get a little taste of that. Excited. Follow us on Instagram. At? The Millennial Falcon Podcast. Did I get that right? You did. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time. And that's a podcast. In the books. All right. Bye. Bye.